Welcome back to the Golden Puffle Podcast. The whole crew is on board today. Ben Taxi, Ty Forney, and yours truly, Matthew Coronado, co-hosting this week's show. And we have a big topic to handle today. In the realm of European football, as Taxi so glamorously likes to tell me, that is the name of the sport. Big news out of, uh, out of Europe the formation of the Super League. I don't even really want to try to summarize what's going on here. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you, Taxi, right away. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll set the scene before I share my more than frustrations. So the current system in European football is that, you know, each country has their own domestic league. And then the top performers in those leagues, they were rewarded in the next season by playing in either the Champions League or the Europa League. Lots of money, lots of prizes, lots of viewership, but things are changing according to a few clubs. So currently 12 clubs have signed up for these European Super League, including six from England, um, three from Italy, two or er, three from Spain as well. And their goal is to get three more clubs to establish 15 founding clubs that would always be in this league until the league ends or whatever that maybe, maybe it's tomorrow, hopefully. Um, and then they're going to add five more teams every year that's based on performance from the prior season, similar to the Champions League. And it'll be two, two groups of 10 and then top, top three of each group qualify for quarterfinals. And then the fourth and fifth in each of those groups, uh, they will play each other in a two-legged uh, little playoff, I guess, wild card um, to get into that to those eighth spots. And then so far, there have been no French teams who have signed up, no German teams, and then and no Portuguese teams as of yet, which are the other three big leagues. And then, so it's effectively a replacement for the Champions League, which so it would be like midweek matches. And their goal is to still be able to play domestically on the weekends. But, I, but the thing is, UEFA, who oversees the Champions League and the Europa League and all the domestic leagues, have come together to say, get the fuck out of here. We do not want you. And then FIFA now has come out saying that they will not allow the players to play internationally who take part in this league. So that means no World Cup and no like Euros or like South American big trophy, big trophies like that are out of the out of play for these guys who take part in this. Not necessarily their choice, just their situation. So the reason being that they're like, so all these leagues have come together to like condemn this league. What what is the why? do they hate it so much? What's like the reasoning? So the main thing is it's, it's economically speaking, like they won't come out and say that, but like, so the main two, the two pillars of their argument are money and that like football is a family. It's not like a, like it, this isn't really like a business. Like people like live their entire lives. Like I'm a Tottenham fan. Well, not, not like not, not, not those poor people. Like I'm an Arsenal fan, you know, like something like then they, they live their lives. They share the experiences like, with you know with family and like it's in the like rivalries are so much stronger in europe than they are in the u.s so like it's just stuff like that from like from a fan standpoint and then economically speaking if these teams were to break off and to form their own league they're the teams below and like the lower divisions wouldn't get any money come down from you know because there there's policies in place that the big clubs help out the little clubs and especially in a pandemic like that's very important to keep them going as a business so if they were to break off, then that funding cuts out, like cuts off pretty much completely, and a lot of these clubs aren't going to be able to survive that. Okay, that makes sense. 
as somebody who doesn't really understand necessarily all the leagues and everything that I have in Europe, although that was a pretty nice summary. I think I kind of understand it more at this point. But so then the argument for the formation of this league is that like you get more teams like centralized that like will play each other more often because like what is the biggest criticism of the champions league that like why is why is the champions league not good enough i think the thing is so like let's say so like liverpool and real madrid are two of the teams like who are pushing for this the most so like they they played each other twice probably in the past like i don't know five or ten years or five probably five years because like they only really see each other in the knockout rounds of the champions league so the most they'll ever see each other is like two matches a year. So the thing with this proposal is that they're going to see each other, you know, roughly uh, maybe, t- maybe 10 times, you know, like they're going to see each other at least twice a year for sure. Like every year guaranteed versus, versus the champions league, you're going to get good matchups no matter what there's that aspect too, but it's not guaranteed. Like I'm going to see team X versus team Y. It takes away from the spectacle of it too, right? Like, I mean, the fact that a team doesn't play another top tier team all the time, doesn't that make the game a little more special when they meet in the Champions League? Right, exactly. Because the, the, the thing with the Champions League too is everyone earns their spot to get there for the most part. So, but this is taking away earning anything, really. Okay. That Everything's given. Because the, I know, Tax, you're not going to like this, but the analogy that I've understood the most was that it's like if in college football, they took all the best teams from each conference, like each power five conference, and then put them in one like super conference and had them play each other. So like, it'd be cool because you'd get to see like Ohio state play LSU or, or play like um, Alabama, you know, like every year, but then that would take away from the fact that, you know, Ohio state has a rivalry with Michigan or, you know, Alabama has a rivalry with Georgia. So I, I can understand how they're like what the thought process is to formate like formate or the formation of the league, but also that it would just be taking away the, it would be taking away from the fans, I think too, because they don't get to see the matchups that they're most passionate about. It's like if the bears didn't play the Packers every year, like that wouldn't, that would not be great as a Bears fan. I mean, the other thing is too, so if you, you brought up the you know, closing off of let's get all the best teams together, that takes away all upset storylines pretty much for the most part. Like you don't see an Oral Roberts. You don't see Leicester City. Was a very, it was a smaller Premier League team. They're doing much better now. But they won the league a couple of years ago, and they were, their odds were like 25,000 to one. Like you don't see that if you cut off their opportunity to go and play in, you know, to, to play in this league or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense because the Champions League, you like the Champions League, you get you you said that you get into the Champions League by winning like a, in a lesser league or like a domestic league type. Yeah, thing. so like if the league in your country, like in the Premier League, like if you finish top four, you're into the Champions League for the next season. Oh, okay. So that's like, and if you again, like if you cut that off from the other, you know, other sixteen clubs or well other to 14 because of the, the, like the big six or what they call it are in are of England are in the super league. So if you cut the, the goal of, I saw, I was listening to a chairman from one of the smaller clubs today. And he said that those teams, like their dreams are to play in Europe. 
So by making this, you're effectively eliminating everyone's dreams. Sorry, the teams. Big six. Which teams? Go ahead. Want to play in Europe? Like, oh wait, which the the big six? Like the the big six are the ones that are in it right now. Like it's it's Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Tottenham, Arsenal, and uh, Chelsea. So then the the other fourteen are. Not like they're not like all they're not small clubs necessarily, but they don't have the stature that these six do. So I mean now like with you're just taking away all their opportunities for 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 revenue for you know, all the for really just I mean for making fans' dreams comes true. That's the big thing is like a lot of these people like that's that's what they would love to see like for that's like what they would you know to the Champions League like that is yes like for some teams like that's the goal whereas other teams they like want to win the Champions League but there's some teams that just want to get there right because it means that much you know for fans and like really for I know like there's a ton of money in Champions League I think it's gone down recently but like for a club to get in there that changes the whole future for what you can do. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Then taxi, what are, do you have any other criticisms of the league yourself? Like, what do you think about it? Yes, I do. I have plenty. Don't you worry. I got you. (laughs) So my, my other point I wanted to hit on is it's like Americanizing sports. So without relegation, you know, like the issue that we we've had with like the NFL and the NBA mainly is like teams tanking, you know, like, like why should I tune into a regular season game? If I know you're not there to win. Like, it's just not worth my time. So if, you, if you're grandfathering these teams in and then you're just you're saying, you know, like, okay, if, you know, we're having a bad year, we've had some injuries, like, it's not a big deal. You know, we'll give some other guys an opportunity. We might lose a ton, but, you know, who cares? And that's, that's the exact – the opposite reason is exactly why I started watching the Premier League with my dad, you know, like 10 or 12 years ago. Like, I've been watching a long time because I knew that you can – you can turn it on any, no matter what, no matter what team, 19th is 20th, you know, mid-table teams who aren't playing for anything. And I know that they are out there playing their hardest because at the end of the day, they can go down a league if they, you know, if they don't perform. And there's, you know, there's huge significant losses by doing that. There's a lot of pressure on every match. And if you, if you eliminate relegation, then you're eliminating that pressure. Okay. That, that is understandable because I think that, one of the worst things about, like you said, about the NBA, about the NFL is that you have teams at the bottom who just truly do not care about their win-loss record. And it's disappointing not only um, for the teams themselves, I'm sure, and the players, but it's demoralizing for the fans to have to watch that for any prolonged amount, you know, period of time. Because for some owners, they really – they just don't care whether the team wins or loses or not. That's not their priority. Their priority might be making money or doing something else with the team. So I can totally understand the ethos of the premier league of the champions league, where it's like, you really do have to kind of focus in and not be complete garbage. If you want to stay in that league, Um, that makes sense. And then the, uh, the other, another big thing was the, I mean, the owners just, they don't, they're business guys. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't understand necessarily what the fans want. A lot of them come in, this is a business model. This is, you know, yeah, it's a business. I mean, there's a ton of money. I mean, it's not, and it's never up to what the fans want. Like there was literally, I saw a quote today on Sky Sports that was like, uh, it was, they didn't name who it was. It was a big six person who 
who was it was big six chairman who came out saying like you know our uh, in a nice way a formal way of our priorities are money and that this and the what the fans want comes second and that well, that caused a major uproar everywhere i would imagine. imagine yeah so and it's just because it, a lot because again you know a lot of these people like this is a lot of their relationships are tied to to football and like it's this is what they live for and for someone to come in and just change everything because you know there's there's money to be made i mean it just it ruins it ruins the whole experience and it, may, it makes it so hard to watch too because you know like you you as a fan have no part and that's the cool thing about um germany is they have a 51 49 system where like 51 percent of the public owns the club so they have they effectively have say that is really they cool. have they, I yeah. would love to see that type of system isn't that um like isn't that how the Packers, I want to say, are? Like, they're partially owned by the public, right? Yeah, I think I could yeah. see a decent amount of American teams in that. A lot of, unknown. A lot of the Packers is owned by uh, the people in Green Bay. Well, I mean, obviously people everywhere, but a lot of people within Green Bay own pieces of the Packers. Yeah, like, that's a very cool concept to me. You have a real stake in the team, um, like, financially, too, which is um, can be cool for some fans to be like that and to feel like a part of the team. Um, that's really it makes that much more meaningful. Yeah. And that, because then if they, when they win, you feel like you're winning too, but right. normal fans feel like that as well. Depends yeah. on how uh, dedicated I guess you are. Um, well, we have a, a, lo- a lot of soccer talk. Another point of contention, at least within our friend group, I am not even, I do not follow soccer at all, but I do know that this man, Jose, Jose, I want to say, what's his last name? You don't, you don't know? No. That's so, just so wrong. Okay, Ty, what's his last name? Gosh. Mourinho. Okay, I was going to say Mar- that. Mourinho, Mourinho. I, I thought that I was making it up because it sounded like like Dan Mourinho. So I was like, am I just making oh, my last name up? But it's <laughs> like M-O-U-R-H-I-N-O. Is it like that? I think. M-O-U-R-I-N-H-O. Is that what you said? I took an H in there, but um, our boy Jose got fired, unfortunately, off of off of his team in Tottenham. Taxi, I'm sure you kind of have the uh, a little bit more of the details here. Very a very yeah. sad day for the boys. So, like, I, I got I, he, it looks like a little bit of imposter here. Like, there's a few things sus going on with Tottenham. Sussy, on the board. Sus yeah. alert. Yeah. So okay, so obviously, like this. This Super League announcement was last night, I believe. It'd be like, uh, what, I don't know what time that was in London. But, um, but you know, and then Jose gets fired like this morning. And then they have a cup final in six days too. And I was like, huh, that's a bit suspicious. I would like to have my manager for a cup final, especially the first one that my club could win in like forever. So I, I don't know. I what I think what the, like, I, what's the best conspiracy theory about why Jose was fired? Like, what's the craziest thing? It was it was that he like he had a, you know got heated with him and Daniel Levy, who's the owner of the club, about like the Super League. Oh, he's like he wants none of it, and then like Jose is bye bye Super League. Oh, yeah, a lot of managers that, are yeah. yeah yeah. Like there was the uh, Arsenal manager said that uh, him and the team knew nothing about it. Right. Yep. Same with Kloppo wow. today. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty awful. That was the other part I forgot to hit on. Sorry. 
that like the players and owners didn't or the players they didn't yeah the owners didn't tell them owners didn't tell them that is truly because i understand i like if you're gonna do it then you know and and you're not even gonna you're not even gonna tell them uh, let alone like you know maybe trying to get their opinion on it obviously they didn't obviously they were not doing that but to not even inform them that this was happening that's uh that's pretty shady there it was uh so annoying because like the thing is too there's like there's six matches left in the prem and there's a lot to play for though we thought there was a lot to play for so now it's like i was like watching a match i was watching liverpool match today i was like what am i doing like there's nothing there's it's meaningless and i feel worse for the guys who are playing because they're probably they're heads going in a million direction like what am i doing here what does the future look like it's 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 a lot of they just dropped it like really randomly at the worst moment so not the yeah it's misread their audience like terribly for billionaires what a surprise uh billionaires not knowing really what people want um yes but all that being said uh a lot of news out of the soccer world there we kind of recapped it gave our opinions um, interesting stuff. We'll have to kind of keep tabs on it. And yeah. uh, all the I best to Jose. Yeah, yeah. And shouts out to Jose. Right. We love yeah. him. Um, and uh, and I guess this was a prolonged five seconds of soccer with taxi type segment. And uh, in the future, we'll keep tabs on this situation in our in its normal um, time slot, which is usually not the lead off story of the podcast. But this week it was. It was very important that we got to it. So here we are. And um, I guess we'll move on from that. We'll go ahead and move into our second topic, which is we want to talk about the Disney parks. Me and Taxi are huge Disney fans. Ty and his dad, or Ty's dad, uh, is in Disney right now, having a great time, I'm sure. And uh, we're, we all we all like the Disney parks. We like being there. We like the vibes. It's a good brand. Um, you know, pretty expensive, pretty expensive for sure. But you definitely, I think, get your money's worth when you go to Disney. And I think we all kind of have our own uh, strategies and or um, methods of taking on the Disney parks. It's its own, it's really its own subculture in a way, isn't it? Like the Disney, like taking on Disney. Yeah, like there's definitely like, like there's Disney people, like you, yes. if, if that makes sense. Like there's people who are like, we're like i know where to be at this time of the day i know when to look for the first pass crazy about it yeah. yeah oh yeah like they have everything down you know there's some people who have everything down in their trip to the minute you know what they're going to be doing like like i know at 10 38 they release more avatar fast passes like i just i just know that now why do you know that because <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, actually can we talk about avatar for a second that ride is so overrated the flight, no. the flight ride is flight of passage is the most overrated ride of all time. For real, no. It's literally, it's literally worse soaring over California or soaring over the world in. No, Matt. No, literally, no. it's no, literally the worst version of that. I'm sorry, and I know that people like people really love this ride, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, those people, the majority, the majority, the one with br- their brains, they have, there's a switch in their brains, they have it turned on. That's Those are the ones that say it's a good ride. Okay, I guess the bigger thing that I'm kind of mad about is that Disney and, and especially Universal are getting, like, they are 
inundated with the motion um uh like motion rides basically where it's just like a screen in front of you more or less and that's like it they're starting to get away from it a little bit like the ride um they just built a ride in um at universal that integrated screens pretty well oh it was um in uh harry potter world they built a roller coaster i think it's called hagrid's like motorbikes oh yeah i've seen that and it has like a couple of screen sections but it also is just like a roller coaster and i just want theme parks to do more of that i don't want to like be looking at a screen i want like practical sets and effects i don't know if that's a hot take. wait you want you do you don't want the screens i don't want the screens okay because i was gonna say is the screen rides are some of the dumbest things ever that's what i'm saying like yeah i i want to agree because at first i thought you were saying you wanted them and i was like oh gosh Screen rides, like, I mean, I, you don't pay to go sit in a chair. If you want to do that ride, I can put you in a chair. And I'll, I'll go behind you and shake the chair, and you can have the TV on in front of you. And that's what, what you're that paying for when you go to a screen ride. That's not, no, that's, stop, stop. Oh, no. Taxi, you are can, you pro screen ride? No, I would, kind of, kind of. A little bit? Okay. The thing about screen rides. I like Avatar. Okay. How else would you make Avatar come to life? I would have done like an actual like practical they okay the amount of space that they had there first of all that ride like fifth like honestly I liked the queue better in that ride than I actually liked the, the real queue ride was really itself. cool the, the queue is really cool yeah. I'll give them that but you had so much space there you could have made like an actual like Tron you know where you sit on the bike and you it's yeah. like a, it's like a kind of a roller coaster type thing you could have had it been like half dark ride half tron roller coaster ride i think and you could have been you could have incorporated screens i would have been fine with that but that can't be the whole ride the whole ride can't be screens in my opinion if they didn't have the river ride it would have been different but they have the river ride there the river ride is fine i i liked the river ride um pretty much wholeheartedly i i I really enjoyed that ride um but yeah okay well also the other thing is that that land um what is that? What is the land called? It's Pan. Is it Pan something? It's Pandora. Pandora, right, right. right. Yeah. Like I, I love that land. It's beautiful. Oh I, yeah. Everything in there is stunning. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they just fumbled the bag a little bit. But we can agree to disagree on that. Well, you know, they, they, they I think they made some money. So yeah. I, what's the uh, what's the <laughs> best park successful. at Disney? What's up, Ty? What's the best park at Disney? I've never been to Disney, uh, so that's a good question because it changes. It changes. Just be clear. That's fair. I personal opinion. I love. I mean, just because of my childhood, I went to the one in California so much. I really like Disneyland at California, which the equivalent of that is the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. Gotcha. I say I don't know much about Disney. All you know, all I'm looking forward to is a uh, Universal. And my Harry Potter experience. Harry Potter so, Land is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter Land is great. It lives up to the hype, truly. I guess I can't really know though because I'm not a Harry Potter fan. So, I mean, when we get there, so for the viewers, we plan on going to Disney sometime in the future. I mean, I I think I don't know, man. That's gonna be. I think I might go into shock. I think you you might. I mean, in honesty, you, you might pass out enjoy it more than I probably did. I yeah. think that would make sense because. Like having or been as engrossed into that universe as I have, and I'm actually getting to go experience it in a real tangible thing. 
I think it's going to be one of the dopest things. And you guys are going to get completely bored by me, like freaking out about like the drinks or whatever and the names of them. But like, that's going to be the experience I go for. I feel Do like you remember in chapter 17 of the Half-Blood Prince when this drink was showed up? He's going to show his full hey. nerd side. Yeah. Hey, you do what you got to do, man. I think that's going to be one of the best experiences ever. The butterbeer is very good. The butter is beer it? Is good. Yeah. I, got I the- mean, that's what you pay for. You pay for that experience at Disney, right? right. So, like, it, that's why you would go there. You go for that experience. You don't go for the screen rides. I agree. That's cold take. That's cold take. They wouldn't that, build the ride. They wouldn't build the ride if they didn't know it was going to be successful. Well, yeah, it's successful. It's that doesn't out. mean that it's good. Any ride they're going to yeah, make exactly. is usually going to be successful. Because people are going to see a ride, and if it's a bad ride, there will be theoretically a less of a line, meaning they'd, go, they'd be willing to wait in that line, meaning people are still going to go on this ride. The ride is – like, you build a ride, and you know people will go to it. It's, it's okay. like the field of dreams. Okay, here's the perfect example. Star Wars Land, okay, that they built at Disney World, and we live at Hollywood Studios. Star Wars Land, Rise of the Resistance, is the single greatest attraction that I have ever ridden at any theme park that I've ever been to. I know, I, I will do it this summer, yeah. Because it's, it, first of all, it's like a bunch of different things. It's not just one really like pure experience, but the, the, the core experience that you do have is, first of all, it's no screens, I don't think actually, now that I think about it. There might be one or two. There might be one or two. No, they drop you down and you go fly. Yeah, there is that. that. There's the drop, the drop section with it, which is screens, but there's, not really much other way that you could have done that but the rest of it those sets are amazing to be inside of that's like i i will never forget that experience that first experience that i had with that ride and i can like barely remember really anything about flight of flight of passage but i definitely remember all of the things that i saw inside of rise of the resistance that was an incredible ride and a really cool land too it's cool just to hang out in there do you have like the milk or whatever the yes, blue or green I did, milk. I did. I did. I had the. Uh, I think I got blue. And my sister might have gotten green. Um, it's like what exactly is it? Like I can tell. It's like um like a fruit smoothie. It's like oh okay. Sweet and kind of tart. It's like yeah. It's like tropical almost. Which oh okay okay. Yeah, and if you're 21, you can get it alcoholic, which that's a big move, I would say. Um, but. We kind of got derailed a little bit off of this conversation. We were, we were supposed to be talking about how you handle a Disney park, but I think we got into something a little bit more uh, uh, interesting, I would say. That was a good little debate back and forth. Um, we'll wrap it up, though, on the Disney park discussion. Maybe we'll come back to it at some point. Seems like a like a hot button. Well, it's a big – we, we, we dabbled in it. We, we dabbled in it. I think we I mean, we're, only scraped yeah. the surface of this conversation. Yeah. So we're, We've also got the post-visit experience when we finally get to go do that. When Ty, Ty actually goes on a ride and then can provide an honest opinion. And still say that screens are dog yeah, shit on there. The primary money, attraction for rides. <laughs> I'll put money on him. That my, I'll bet on myself. <laughs> Just that <time. laughs> I'm, I'm betting there. But okay. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I guess we will revisit this topic at some point because we've only really scratched the surface, but, uh, we are on to our final segment segment and it is one that is a, is a, is a fan favorite. I would say it's the brackets. Uh, the first one that we did was Pixar movies. We determined what the best Pixar movie was. 
Um, and now we're back at it again, but this time, as we teased in the last episode, it is going to be Mario sports games. So we have a bracket with Mario sports games in it. We have the matchups ready to go, and we're going to do the first one today. And you got to remember we're doing Mario sports. They're like franchises. So um, some of the ones that we're doing include tennis, golf, super sluggers, um, super Mario strikers, just to name a few, but you, it's not one single game, but like the franchise as a whole. So in the first matchup, we are going to have uh, Mario Golf, legendary game versus, now this might be a game that you don't actually know exists, but it does. It's Mario Dance Dance Revolution, I believe for the Wii, and it used one of the pads that was compatible with the Wii. I'm fairly sure I had one of those dance pads, um, but I'm not sure if I had Mario uh, Dance Dance Revolution. But uh, these are the two games that we're, that we're uh, going with. And I'm fairly sure I, I know where this might be going. But I'll leave it to you to you guys first. Any, any hot takes? I mean, Matt, first off, I know you own the dance pad. I've seen it. Um, I don't know if you own the game, but I know you got the dance pad. I've played both these games. Uh, Mario Golf has no business being in the first round. It got stuck there. Uh, Mario Golf is a fantastic game, and uh, Dance Dance Revolution has its flaws. Uh, Mario Golf might be one of the best games that Mario, for, as a franchise, has made. And Dance I think it's Revolution has its flaws. <laughs> like when you jump on the pad and it doesn't count your jumping it on the packs. pad. So I mean that I don't. That's not user error anymore. That's a systematic flaw. So Mario Golf, hands down, for many reasons, is the better game here. Okay, but do you guys do you have you guys ever seen people doing Dance Dance Revolution like in an arcade and like holding the back thing and being insanely good at it? Do you because they're going that hard. I thought that was a meme. If no, you break a sweat a playing Dance Dance Revolution, you've gone too far. There are, there are legitimately Dance Dance Revolution like tournaments. This is like a real yes. Thing. This is a problem. But I mean, <laughs> you do you guys. You do you. This is a problem. Okay, just, just some mate. Mario Golf has my vote. Okay. Taxi, send it to you. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty easy. I don't have much to say, guys. It's, it's very obvious. I'm picking Mario Golf. Well, it's like, I think, the, you know, it's a quality game. Pretty simple there. I'd agree. Um, with that, Mario Golf is going to move on in this round. I'll give you my vote because i'm sure you're itching to know i also would be choosing mario golf um very quality game golf's one of my favorite sports and surprisingly some of the latest mario golf games they give you like a a pretty realistic feel some of them do at least of uh, actually playing golf like they give you the wind they give you spin um stuff like that so they can be pretty engaging at times so we'll send Mario Golf on through pretty easily. Three to zero against Dance Dance Revolution. Um, what a shocker. And a good run by Dance Dance, though. It, it gave it to yeah. Solid, yeah. solid run. This by. might be one of the first sweeps we've had in a bracket. but <laughs> That's true. <laughs> put up a fight. That's facts. That's facts. Um, uh, the second matchup that we have for today is Mario Hoops versus mario sports mix honestly both of these are pretty dog water but uh is this a plan ty yeah this is a plan okay that's what i thought because yeah it's it's a a teaser it's a teaser both of these games are complete yeah 
neither of these games have business being in the bracket. They're just kind of waiting to get destroyed in the second round. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to have to give my vote to one of them, it would have been none of them. But Mario Sports Mix might be one of the worst sports games I've ever played. And so I I feel like I got to go to, by default, we go to Mario Hoops here. And, uh, you know, yeah, they, they'll be done. Mario Hoops, week. a game that you haven't played? Am I no, I have, I have played Mario Hoops. Okay, okay. So Mario Sports Mix is just terrible. So not that Mario Hoops is good. It's just better. But than it's the better. Worst. It's better than the worst. All right, well, I'm going to give a hot take. I'm taking Mario Sports Mix in this matchup because Mario Sports Mix has basketball in it i don't know what you guys are doing it's mario hoops which is just basketball versus sports mix which already has basketball plus other sports including i believe volleyball i think dodgeball is in there you get a whole compilation so i I have having more can take away from what it really is you know in some cases not this one not in this one if i gave you mario hoops and i also gave you a pile of terrible mini games it depends on how What's many different there were and you, it, you just have a big you just have a bigger serving size your, your quality over your quantity over quality in this in this case because sports mix already has basketball now if sports mix didn't have basketball then i would be thinking it over a little bit more but i'm going to take sports mix that's going to make it one to one taxi you get the final vote here to send either of these kind of all right guys i've played both of these and one is very clearly more shite than the other one. Very clearly. Very clearly. Like, very, very, very clearly. Mario hoops to the, to the second round to get uh, just demolished by whoever. Is it the two seed? Yeah, it's okay. Okay. If we'll, it, we'll send her through. Give her a little joy. Mario hoops. Much better game. Alrighty. Well, I guess with that, Mario hoops uh, gets the dub 2-1. Uh, I took sports mix. Don't at me uh, when uh, sports mix should have been uh, should have been in the second round. Or don't at me actually when Mario Hoops loses in the next round because sports mix would have won. But um, you, sport, you got you have sports mix beating Mario Super Sluggers. That's a good. No, that's a good take. Don't that's at good me take. When Mario Hoops loses, just, okay? just as bad as all the okay, other ones. Okay, okay, true, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. Um, but uh, I think with that, we've wrapped up what, the matchups that we wanted to do today. It's a 10-game um, bracket with two play-in games. So um, we'll have three more matchups to go through in the first round, uh, and then we'll get on to the second round. So that will wrap up the bracket discussion for tonight, and well, we will get back at it in the next episode. And that also wraps up this week's podcast. So we want to thank you for listening. We went on a pretty long rant about football. It was definitely longer than five seconds. We also discussed some of the our favorite aspects or least favorite aspects in our case uh, about Disney parks and a conversation that we'll definitely have to get back to. And of course, we started the bracket, as I just mentioned, of Mario Sports franchises. So for the whole crew, Ben Taxi, Matt Coronado, and Ty Forney, it's the Golden Puffle Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.